I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. This week, I'm going to be answering a listener's question. This listener actually posted the question on our Facebook group. So here's the question. Question. I just started the podcast. I'm about 16 episodes in, and this comes from Jaina. Below is one of the most common frustrating issues that has happened over the years with my husband who has BPD. Is there a podcast episode that addresses this? And if not, I would love to hear one. My husband and I are great friends. We can talk about anything until I have a different opinion, or especially if it's in regards to a relationship issue, and especially if I'm expressing a feeling about something he did or said, and my opinion is anything other than positive. In those moments, after living with him for 40 years, I can see the instant his demeanor changes and he becomes defensive. Any conversation after that point is futile, I've done so much reading and studying BPD that I understand what is happening. In those moments, he hears something completely different than what I'm actually saying. I think what is happening is that he is converting my words to match his emotions and internal dialogue about what I said. Genius, Jana. And will swear that I said something horrible that I didn't say or would never say to him. And conversely, he will say hurtful things in those moments and then be adamant that he didn't say it, saying things like, I absolutely did not say that. I know him well, and I think he honestly believes he didn't say it. I don't believe he's consciously trying to quote unquote gaslight me. His attitude towards me is that he thinks something is wrong with me because I'm saying I didn't say things I did and saying he said things he didn't. Honestly, it makes me feel like I'm losing my mind and that I need to record every conversation. I actually did record conversations at one point, not to play back to him to prove a point, but for my peace of mind and to listen to myself so I knew for a fact I wasn't actually remembering things completely wrong or saying things I didn't realize I said. P.S. The issue got much better after going to a great couples therapist who understood BPD and worked with us. But after him not going to therapy the last year, it's back. All right, wonderful, wonderful question. And I'm going to devote an entire episode to this question because, one, what you said there about you feeling like you're losing your mind because your partner with BPD doesn't understand you and is inserting words into your mind and negating who you are is a huge deal for loved ones and it makes them feel like they're the ones who have an issue and it makes them question their own reality, which is a problem. It is not okay for anyone to beat you down and bully you to the point where you don't know what's real and what's not real. And two, this is important for people with BPD because as you so beautifully put it, you don't think that your husband is intentionally trying to gaslight you. He's not. So people out there with BPD, we have good intentions 
We don't intend to gaslight people. However, that is how it makes them feel. So we have to be able to find that balance, right? And ride that line and understand, even though we are the ones needing validation, needing communication to be clear and direct and transparent, we also need to understand that occasionally in that pursuit of clear and direct communication, we often hurt others. We hurt the ones that we love. And that is a really painful thing to read that perspective of a loved one with BPD. That is something, you know, Jana's question is something that I hear from partners a lot. I know Jay even addresses it. You know, he talks about it. And it's just so sad to me because I know that the person with BPD listening is so loving and passionate and caring, and just so, 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 just not a gaslighter, right? Yes, there are elements of selfish ambition in the heart of an individual with BPD. There's a selfish worldview that occurs. However, deep down inside, it's the selfish worldview in a frantic attempt to avoid abandonment and rejection. So that selfish worldview serves a purpose. So it serves this purpose of the brain kind of organizing information so that the person with BPD can avoid that rejection and abandonment, even though they're seeking love and wanting unconditional love. So it's just not that, not our intention, right? But like, as I said before, it is important that we understand that even though it wasn't our intention, it happens anyway. Like in the case of Jana and her husband, when they get into an argument or they have a heated discussion or something happens where her husband feels like she is engaging in some sort of personal attack, even if she's just talking to him. Maybe she's saying, you know, um, if you eat too much bread, you'll gain weight. I don't know. Something benign. Her husband takes any comment as a personal attack. And when you take a comment as a personal attack, what happens is your emotions immediately become dysregulated, right? Zero to 60. Because you start thinking, oh my gosh, they don't love me. They're rejecting me. They're abandoning me. How could they say that to me? And then when you're in this state of emotional hyperarousal, emotional dysregulation, what you tend to do is insert all of your insecurities, all of your bad feelings into the mind of the other person. So think of that other person sort of becoming like a robot. And their, you know, robot brain, I, I visualize this robot, right, from the 80s. And this robot brain opens up and inside you start funneling information and just programming information in there right? It's like, this is what you said, this is what you did, this is what you mean, and all of these things come from, you know, your own insecurity. Like, you think I'm fat, you think I'm ugly, you think I'm stupid, you don't love me, you're hateful towards me, you said this. And they're all kind of nicely programmed in. And we close the lid of that person and we forget who they are in those states. And that's what's happening with your husband. Jana, he forgets who you are. Because he's in this state of emotional hyperarousal, zero to 60. So he takes all of his insecurities and he projects them into you, onto you. And that's where he believes that you've really said that. And unfortunately, because that state of emotional arousal or emotional dysregulation is so intense for someone with borderline personality disorder, that those emotions become fact 
They become, you know, yes, she did say that. Of course she said that. And that's why it is so important that you understand how this works. Now, this is something that needs to be worked on. It's called mentalizing your mind sight. So if you want to look that up, you can absolutely do that. It's something that I do help individuals with BPD with when they're working with me individually. Because it takes skill to turn the muscle of mentalizing back on. So for years and years and years, your husband has been doing this, right? He's been getting into these states of emotional dysregulation, assuming that your comments are a personal attack on him, and then inserting his own insecurities and his own emotional pain into your mind, forgetting who you are as a person, negating who you are as a person, and then operating on that basis moving forward. And then what I would imagine you do is you're trying to get him to see, no, I love you. No, I don't feel that way. I really didn't say that. And then probably likely, you know, you you kind of move on through it. Maybe you apologize, maybe you guys agree to disagree, maybe he becomes dysregulated and you move through it, but that resentment is kind of built over time on your end, and also just this like feeling of being lost, of not knowing your your reality, Jana, and then your husband also continues to believe that there's a part of you that holds hatred towards him, or that will reject or leave him because he's never actually hearing what you say, aside from being in, in couples therapy. Now, the reason why couples therapy is really helpful in this situation is because the therapist will help the individual, well, I hope, or the coach who's an expert in BPD will help the individual with borderline personality disorder or CPTSD or EUPD see that when they're in that state of dysregulation or emotional hyperarousal that they are negating who their partner is. So, You know, what I'm saying by that is your husband forgets who you are. He forgets that you're the person that married him, what, 40 years ago. He forgets that you're the person that loves him and, you know, probably does really loving things for him and, you know, probably, well, obviously joins this group, goes to counseling, goes to, you know, couples counseling to try to understand him. You no longer become that person. You you become his enemy. And when you're in counseling or coaching, it's a weekly reminder, like, I'm not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. So that's helpful. You know, I would say that if this continues, you may need to seek out coaching or counseling to help him understand that. But also speaking to your husband, if he's willing to listen to this podcast episode, it's important that when you feel like you're being attacked by your wife, that you take yourself into a time out space, remove yourself from the situation so that you can begin the path of re-regulation. You want to take a time out and re-regulate. And we talked in previous episodes a little bit about emotional re-regulation, right? So we want to turn down the dial of emotional intensity by changing the physical state, which means turning up the physical intensity. And those two have to match each other. So if you're extremely hyper aroused, extremely emotionally dysregulated or intense, your physical change has to be extreme. Like sprinting, jumping, cold showers. Sorry, jumping, right? (laughs) Jumping jacks or burpees. 
a cold shower, submerging your face in water for 30 seconds like we talked about. And once you feel like you can come down a little bit from that state, you just, you're not going to turn off your emotions, right? You're just going to go from rage to anger or upset or from depression and suicidal to sad and disappointed. And then when you're in that space, you'll be better able to find that wise mind they talk about in dbt right the line between where your logic and your emotion meets so you can make decisions based on this wise point of view so that's one thing to do and then when you're in that wise mind state what i suggest you do if you have bpd if you're like jana's husband like me is you you think to yourself what am i feeling right now what emotions am i sensing What emotions do I imagine my partner is feeling? And what do I, what am I assuming my partner is feeling? What assumptions or beliefs am I inserting into my partner's mind? And the last thing you want to know is what are three other takes on that situation? So this is what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that my partner is going to reject me, thinks I'm a horrible person, or thinks something negative about me. And I'm basing that assumption on the way I feel about myself. So maybe it's possible that I feel that way, but my partner is just trying to help me. Maybe it's possible that my partner is just being who they are, and I'm taking their identity as an attack on my character because I feel bad about something that I've done. And then once you go through those questions and you're starting to feel like you remember your partner, you remember who they are, like for me, those moments were, oh, okay, why would Jay want to hurt me? Like This is the person who's been on my side the entire time. Why would he ever say this negative thing to hurt me? Why would he do this thing as an attack on me? And the answer is he wouldn't. So when I started to come around to feel that, or when Jay would say things like that to me, because he was very intentional, right, with the way that he was with me. So he would say, oh, am I that kind of person? Is that the kind of person I am? Or he would say, you're forgetting exactly who I am, which would kind of trigger me into getting back to that space of, oh, right, I am in a partnership. So once I, you know, was in that space where I thought, oh, I'm in a partnership, I start to feel remorse, like, ooh, I shouldn't treat him like he doesn't exist and like my insecurities can fill his robot head and I can make him do and think and say and feel whatever I want so that I can avoid this rejection. Once I felt that remorse, I went back into the situation with him and had conversations with him and started that sort of damage control process that I talked about in other episodes. So Jen, I hope that answers your question. And for many of you out there that have BPD or partners or family members with BPD, this is a very important thing to understand. That in a state of emotional hyperarousal, the partner with BPD, the individual with BPD, is going to perceive, is going to be more likely to perceive your comments as personal attacks on their character because they will turn off their ability to have cognitive 
empathy in those states of emotional dysregulation. So it's important that you don't try to argue what you said, argue your case until they're calmer. And it's also important that both of you go on a journey of continuously reminding each other of who you are. You're both unique individuals, no matter how dysregulated the person with BPD in your life gets. You're both unique individuals, and you both deserve the space to be that person no matter what. And if you're the person with BPD, I want you to understand that even though you have wonderful intentions for your loved ones, when you insert your insecurities into their mind and make them that robot person, they feel so lost because they're over there going, I'm not trying to attack you. I love you. I'm not trying to attack you. I just want to talk to you. I'm not trying to attack you. We need to make hard decisions about our future as a couple and I need you involved in it. And you're going, but no, you are trying to attack me. What happens to that other person is they feel trapped and smothered and they feel lost and they feel like their reality is no longer real. You're deconstructing or destabilizing their reality. That comes from, that's what I talked about in the beginning, right? Of being tyrannical. So is that happening because you intentionally want to gaslight your person? No, no. Is it happening because you have narcissism? I mean, likely no. It's happening because in a state of emotional dysregulation, emotional reasoning will become so intensely misled that it takes you down a path of, you know, I don't know, like a rabbit hole. So really try these skills. Try the taking a time out, changing your physical state, re-regulate. And once you feel that re-regulation, ask yourself those questions. Try to bring the person you're in relationship with back towards you. Get rid of that robot person. (laughs) Go into into a, a situation where you can communicate with that person. And if you're confused because you can't see reality well and you have BPD, see if you can work it through with your partner or family member. And if you really don't get it and you're really having a hard time figuring out what the truth is, reach out to us. Jay and I do coaching. Reach out to a therapist that specializes in BPD. Reach out to someone that can help you objectively figure out what is actually happening in that conversation. And again, I just want to thank you so much for that question because I know it's something that many, many individuals with BPD struggle with and their partners. So thank you again, Jenna. And stay tuned. I'm going to do a separate section for a Q&A in a moment. Are you currently struggling to stay afloat? Are you looking for more one-on-one support and guidance on your recovery journey? Check out thriveonlinecounseling.com. We offer mindset coaching that will propel your recovery journey forward. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Have phone, video, or text sessions wherever you are. The best part? You can schedule right from our website. Choose the day and time that works best for you. Life can be better. We can help. 
Make an investment in yourself. You are worth it. All right, let's get to another Q&A portion of the episode. This question comes from Ramona. Ramona said that she met a guy five months ago who happened to also have BPD. So Ramona and her guy all have BPD. She said it was one of the reasons they connected because they were both so intense and passionate and sensitive. She said they really like each other and it was like magic because they fell in love pretty quickly, pretty much immediately, which makes sense. I can definitely relate to that really rushing in kind of feeling. So after that, everything was really intense and beautiful and they tried to be supportive of each other all the time. They live in different countries, so they came and went with each other and kind of like visited each other and pretty much their lives were completely changed when they met. The problem, she says, is that she thinks that she needs to find a strong sense of identity that Jay and I had talked about because they need to find stability individually, but she's not sure how. She says it's hard for her to notice that she needs her own space and that she wants to be a good partner, but she knows it's hard for him to trust her and now he feels he's not ready for a relationship because he needs space. That triggers her feelings of rejection. So... Ramona's question is, thank you for sending that in, Ramona. I think it's a beautiful question because it really speaks, first of all, it's so honest. And honest self-reflection is going to help you to grow. So you know, honestly, that you fell in love with him because you're both intense and passionate. And it was really quick, almost too quick. And then you latched on and he's needing to back off, right? Which that dynamic will go back and forth when you're with someone with BPD, just to say it. Then you realize him needing space triggers you to feel rejection, which makes you want to latch on more. So the question of how do I have this sense of individuality is a very important one. I think it's complicated by the fact that you guys are kind of separated right now and you're worried that you'll, you said that you'll never feel happy again because you'll never know if you can have that intense love again. So My challenge to you is to take everything that you had written to me in your question and to piece it apart to figure out what it is that you want in this moment. You can't journey on a path of becoming an individual if you're too tightly held, if you hold too tightly onto the idea that if you lose this person, then everything will fall apart, you see? Because you'll continue on this fear-driven based, this fear-based or fear-driven behavior of I need to change, I need to do recovery because if I don't, I'll lose this person, which won't lead you on a path of discovering who you are. It leads you on the path of I'm going to fake it until he says he loves me and then if he, you know, once again says he doesn't, then I'm going to fake it again, which won't ever get you to a place where you feel solid and firm in who you are. So what I would suggest you do is start a separate journey, regardless of what happens with him, if you can manage to do that. And I want you to look at who you want to become. So I talked in the beginning of the podcast about moral compass work and things that you can do to begin this identity development journey. And we're going, I'm going to be doing more of that in future episodes But right now, I want you to think of recovery as taking one step, putting one foot in front of the other, one foot at a time. And the first step I need you to take is to create a vision board. Look at who you want to become. 
Who is the person that you can see yourself becoming? And you might say, I don't know who I want to become without him. And I understand that. But that will keep you stuck. I'm sure that you know, even with what you wrote in your email, you know some qualities that you want. You want to be more independent. Well, what does that mean? You want to be able to have your own space and know when to take it. Well, what are you doing in that time? Do you have hobbies? Do you have people you like to hang out with? Do you have places you like to go? Do you have activities you like to do that are all your own? How about books you like to read? So what I'm encouraging you to do is to take the what you know about who you need to become and create a vision board with that in mind. And even if you can't see past a week, who do you want to be next week? Then you can start walking this path to become that different person without an aim, without even being willing to commit to some sort of internal change to put one foot in front of the other to become a new person, it's very difficult to do that. And you'll maintain that space of fear and anxiety perpetually, kind of, because you're just looking at like, oh, I don't know who I want to become. So I know that a lot of people out there have, you know, written that into me as well, Ramona. They've said, well, what do you mean create a vision board? I don't know who I want to become. And I understand that's it's such a difficult thing to think about, especially in your position as you're in this relationship that you want to maintain. And I know you've lost some living space because of the commitment that you made too quickly, perhaps. So think of your recovery journey as a separate entity, I guess, or a separate journey from the relationship journey that you're on and look at who do I want to become? And then just start one foot in front of the other. All right. Thank you so much for sending in that question. I know everyone understands that struggle. And to all you out there listening, have a great week. And we'll be back next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline to Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.